I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. I don't know if you're an introvert, but I'm definitely, like, not, uh... Yeah, it's weird <laughs> how so many introverts are drawn to things like broadcasting and podcasting. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you get to, like, sit, like, at a computer and, like, talk to yourself, basically, and then other people hear you and they like it. And it's, yeah. It's great. It's lovely. Even streaming, like, I, I really like doing that. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to a lot more people, like, engaging with them live. But it's not the same as just going and being in a room with four people. You know, that's that's even too much. Yeah. But uh, maybe I should uh, introduce you so we can put a name to a voice. Welcome to episode 61 of Van X Van. I'm your host, Doug Vandalay, and I'm joined today by award-winning producer and podcaster, Max Collins. Hello. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I think we already covered that, but... Yeah, you know, true. <laughs> got to cover it again uh, with the mics rolling. Yes, of course. Uh, anyway, you're known for your hit podcast, Dragged Out. I I suppose I am, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, known no by me, that's where I was first... Uh, actually, that's not where I was first introduced to you. I think it was more through uh, CITR stuff. Yes, yes, that would probably be it. Um, I, I suppose that both of those things are my claim to fame, like both Campus Radio and Dragged Out. I started out in campus radio, and that's where I got all the skills to make Dragged Out. Also, by going to school, <laughs> which uh, Dragged Out was actually a school project, but, uh, you know. <laughs> cool. I didn't know that. Um, for the listeners who don't know, could you describe the show? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dragged Out is an investigative uh, podcast. Uh, it's set here in Vancouver. Um, it's based on the idea, or I suppose the, the big question is, where is all the drag going in Vancouver? Um, I started the podcast uh, when I learned that there were two separate uh, drag venues that were closing, and through that I learned that there were actually like a handful, I think it was up to six or seven, that closed, uh, these drag-centric venues closed within uh, 12 months of each other, uh, and I was kind of curious because I know that drag is going through, uh, as some people say, like a, a a fa- not a phase oh my goodness what's the word um it's going it, it's going through a renaissance or like it's going through a time right now where a lot of people are really into it specifically with like rupaul's drag race and that sort of thing so i was kind of curious like if there are people who want to do it and want to see it why is it disappearing or why does it seem as though the place to do drag are disappearing and uh that's what the that's what the podcast is about how did you hear about that in the first place were you did you already have your finger on the pulse of the drag scene? Uh, yes and no. Um, I am a queer person. Uh, I moved, I had moved from uh, Victoria, where I have a, a couple friends that are into drag. When I moved from Victoria to Vancouver, one of the first places that I went when I was like going out for a night out with my partner, we went to Davy Village, which is like the neighborhood here in Vancouver. We went to this place called XY. Uh, so I learned about like the, I guess I, I went to a drag show there and I really enjoyed it. And a few months after I had gone there, I heard uh, through the grapevine, I suppose, that uh, XY was closing along with another place that was owned by the same person. Uh, so that's kind of where I heard about it, I suppose. That's how I found out that uh, it was closing. Uh, and I thought, you know, that would be like an interesting story. Maybe I should cover it for an assignment for school or something like that. And it just kind of morphed into this huge project that uh, I took on for a good few months. And you did that 
for a broadcast degree? Yes, yeah. Uh, so I went to the Vancouver Institute of Media Arts, uh, also known as Van Arts. It's downtown, uh, and it's like a, an intensive 12-month program. One of the things that we need to do, well, we need to like choose our own final project, basically, uh, seeing as the... Oh my goodness, I totally forgot to tell you. Yes, it's a broadcasting degree. Uh, long story short, yes, broadcasting degree, uh, broadcasting and online media is actually what it's called. So we learned a lot about like video production and that sort of thing as well. But I've just always been really, really drawn to like radio and podcasting. What are some of the most surprising things you've learned while doing this podcast? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, where do I start? Uh, I think the, the most interesting thing that I learned or like the most fully encompassing thing I learned about drag uh not even just in Vancouver but just all around the world is that it is very it's very intertwined with gay rights and queer rights in general uh when you look at you know Vancouver in the 50s 60s 70s when uh, I'm not totally sure about the 70s but when you look at uh Vancouver in the 50s and 60s when homosexuality quote-unquote was illegal uh the people that were really like fighting for the right to be queer and to be out and proud were um trans people were people who were doing drag people who would dress up in clothes that weren't quote-unquote suitable for your gender and yeah it's just been really interesting to see that uh drag performers have really been leading the way basically forever when it comes to um, fighting for queer rights. So you mentioned uh, briefly in there that it had a lot to do with uh, trans people, but uh, I understand you were talking about in uh, that interview with Sad Mag that there are some issues between, I guess, cis drag performers and trans performers. Right. I don't know if I would say exactly that it is a, a problem um mind you i i want to uh be transparent that i'm like i'm a cisgender person i'm like a woman assigned female at birth so i i can't speak uh for trans people when i say this but i have heard through a few friends that cisgender men dressing up as women can women can be harmful to trans people basically the idea is that it creates this illusion or it creates this it creates this thing where people think uh, that all trans women are just like men in dresses or men dressing up as women. Um, and there is a kind of a harmful part of that, you know, yeah. um, because that kind of opens the doors for people to uh, be more hateful towards trans women or to say, you're not really a, a woman, you're just a man, you're a man doing drag. Yeah. Uh, So I've heard that from a few people that I've talked to before uh, that, you know, trans women specifically that say that drag is kind of like it kind of irks them in a way. But there are as well trans drag performers. Yes. Yes, of course. Is there much friction between cis and trans drag performers? I I, feel free to not answer that. I know that both of us are not really the people to be talking about it but yeah um i i don't think that i would be the person to uh to comment on that because i'm i'm not a performer uh and i'm not trans um i mean i have seen uh performers working in in the same spaces and that sort of thing yeah i i i couldn't tell you unfortunately oh fair enough anyway we were on that panel together mm-hmm. at uh vancouver podcast i think it was called co-ops uh 
co-ops and campus radio. Yes, and collectives. And collectives. You're the you're the collectives. The collective. Well, we're a co-op. Oh, you're a co-op. Yes, okay. Okay. That's the thing. But I guess we're a collective. We we haven't officially um we haven't officially incorporated right under anything yet. We're still ironing out our partnership agreement. I wish you good luck. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I know that's it's going to be there's going to be some hurdles in the way, but we're pretty confident for 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we touched a lot on your involvement. Uh, with CITR 101.9. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you expand on that a bit? Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't I just start with the um, the original uh, campus station that I was at, which was CFUV. Uh, they all start with a C, or most of them start with a C, I think. Uh, do you know I, why that is? I've actually always wondered that. I think it has to do with just the, um, oh, oh, whatever it's called. The uh, band? Yeah, or um, like the... Well, they're all the, oh my goodness, those are, they're called call letters. Uh, and I think it has to do with the fact that we're like Canadian stations. And so right. they start with a C. I, I'm not totally sure. I know that in the States, there's like, for example, like KEXP and there is, um, oh, what's. That's the Seattle one? Yeah, that's the yeah, that's a Seattle one. Uh, there is WBEZ zed which is chicago um so i don't know why they're not all the same like in the states but they're definitely or at least it seems as though they all start with a c here in canada there's like cfuv victoria citr vancouver cfuz cfuz that's penticton don't know why i know that one uh there's like cjsw in in calgary uh but i digress uh i started at cfuv i think in 2015 um at my at the time in my life um I was just like kind of lost in a way I I was working at a body jewelry kiosk uh in a mall because I'm like the true mall goth (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I I was not really doing anything with my life and I I had made a friend who worked at CFUV at that radio station and he like invited me to come on to his his radio show and I just you know, I, it, it was like something clicked in me in a way that I, I kind of felt like this is what I'm really supposed to do, or at least being behind a microphone and like playing music or talking to people makes me really comfortable. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of how I started. I, uh, spent all of my time there. I was, anytime that I wasn't at the body jewelry kiosk, I was volunteering, um, at that radio station, you know, doing outreach. So telling people about CFUV, sometimes I'd like set up and take down if we were, um, doing remote broadcasts. Uh, and I was just there so much that I eventually got a job, uh, making a podcast. Uh, that was the first ever time that I had, not the first ever time that I had heard the word podcast, but, uh, the first time that someone had like approached me and said, can you make one of these for us? Uh, I'd like, that's, I guess, how I got involved with uh, podcasting and how I got involved at uh, CFUV. Um, but, right, to go to your point at CITR, um, the uh, university radio stations are all pretty uh, pretty tightly, like, tight-knit. Um, we're a good community, and we all kind of know each other, especially Victoria and Vancouver, because we're so close. Yeah. Um, and so through CFUV, I met uh, Madeline Taylor, who is the program manager or program director over at citr shout out to madeline yeah all of her hard work thank you madeline for being awesome um we started in vancouver radio as well oh yeah for sure okay do um (laughs) i will ask you about that in a second um but yeah i uh i heard through a friend that uh, citr was hiring for 
a technical uh, assistant, which is basically like fixing software and computers and that sort of thing. Was this at the end of 2017? It, no, it was uh, this year, this right. summer. Oh, because I interviewed for that job. Oh uh, yeah, a few years ago. Okay, for ended sure. Ended up doing something else. Yeah, no, I was I was still in uh, I was still in Victoria in 2017. Right. Yeah, I think I moved in, I moved in 2018, uh, but. Um, Right. So I interviewed for just like a, a summertime position during the call. The um, the person that was interviewing me was like, what do you know about software? And I was like, hmm, uh, it's, it's goes in computers. <laughs> uh, so I uh, maybe I shouldn't uh, maybe I shouldn't mention whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's in the past. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they gave me a job because they knew like I'm good at radio and stuff. Um, and while, you know, I did solve a few technical mysteries while I was there, which I have no idea how I did. It was very much like a, have you tried turning it off and on again sort of deal. They also got me to produce some stuff. So I was making um, like news broadcasts, that sort of, yeah, that, that thing. Uh, but how did you get involved at CITR? I was um, in architecture school in Australia and um, I suddenly remembered in my fourth year, my first year of my master's, that I actually always wanted to be in radio, and I had forgotten about it, so I just started scrambling, looking for what I could do, and I joined a, um, I joined a community radio station there, RTRFM, and the day after I moved to Canada, I just went looking around so I could keep doing it here, and I took a bus out to, out to um, UBC, and uh, walked in, and it was way easier to get into. Um, it was way more welcome than uh, in Australia. RTR is a great station, but it was expensive, and I had to do two months of training okay. um, to volunteer there. Everyone is Jonas is a live-streamed, competitive role-playing podcast hosted by me, Doug Vandalay. Me, Eric Ivanovich. And me, Talia Murdoch. On twitch.tv forward slash cavegoblins every Monday at 7.30 p.m. PST. Interesting. I've heard that the uh, stations in Australia are like super great. I actually, um, I interned under uh, Drex. I'm sure you know who that person is. I've heard the name, but I can't remember. He's a, um, he's this like uh, late night radio host who's also from Australia and he got into community radio when he was like 12, I guess. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. So um, similar thing, though I know that... (laughs) It's like when people say, like, oh, you're from Canada. Do you know this person? Um, Australia is very, a very big country. I'm from the isolated part of Australia. Oh, okay. Perth. Oh, you're from yeah. Perth. So yeah. that's north, right? That's uh, southwest. Southwest. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, everything's on the east, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's about as um, far... Well, it's the most isolated capital city in the world. The closest capital city to Perth is Jakarta. Okay. Yeah. Right in uh wait that's in Indonesia Indonesia okay yeah and but that's like that's like over here really yeah it's like, like northwest okay. across a vast ocean there right. are other cities but when I say cities there's like a few hundred thousand people in them yeah um, Perth has two million and rapidly declining oh, people my. there was a mining boom it ended it's a whole thing fair enough fair yeah enough. I'm from I'm from Berta so. Uh, yeah. Alberta, Calgary, Alberta. West Australia is a lot like the Alberta of Australia. Okay. Yeah. Right. Except desert instead of snow. Yes. Yeah. But lots of desert. <laughs> yeah, I got started at CITR as well. I had a show called Comedy Zeitgeist, which is what this show used to be called. Yeah. In Australia, which was just playing comedy clips. I tried to do that here, um, but someone was already doing it. Ah. Uh, Nico McEwen with Finding the Funny. So I just asked him, like, can I just interview comedians in the field for you? Yeah. 
And uh, when he left, he asked if I wanted the show, and I just turned it into my podcast. Nice. That's super cool. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, I know. I've heard uh, comedies, like, guys, a couple episodes, and I was like, you always, like, interview, like, comedians, and I was a little bit, I suppose, intimidated to come on because I feel like it's not that funny. (laughs) Well, I I changed the format, Mm. and I found I've got a lot more episodes, uh, like, a lot more out of the episodes now that there's no pretense of comedy because mm. I'm not a comedian. Right. Um, I've done like one semester of improv. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. But I know other people and I want to talk to other people. Totally. And when, you, when you're talking to the same, I guess, industry of people every week, you do get a lot of the same stories. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think we, I got some great episodes out of it, but it was exhausting. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and Like, yeah, I feel like whenever you have somebody on, like, on the radio, or at least people that don't do radio for a living, and they come on to the radio, they kind of, like, really, like, play things up, I suppose. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that, like, from comedians who also, like, play it up in general, that would be, like, a lot. Actually, I've found mostly a lot of the comedians I'd expect to come on and sort of carry the interview with a lot of jokes were a lot more subdued, like... Because they, they've got to go and be on on stage. Mm. And this is me just asking them questions about their life and their career. But can you imagine doing an episode every week dragged out? Oh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so the uh, the way that I did dragged out, I really wanted it to be like high high production rate like or high production value, like high quality, that sort of thing. And I spent so much time on it like I said it was for a a school project it ended up being for a school project and while I was going to school I had some money saved up so that I wouldn't have to work Uh, but during that uh, I, I suppose I was also interning at the time and so I had like a couple hours at my internship but I was working probably 14 hour days uh for a good few months while trying to finish dragged out um I think I would I would get off of the bus or I'd wake up leave the house at probably six or seven and I wouldn't be home until like 10 at night just because I was like interning for a couple hours and then I would just go work on stuff and I'd interview people and I would you know transcribe those interviews well not so much transcribe as like you know put put markers and things and figure out what I wanted to have in the podcast and then put scripts together and and like narrate those scripts and edit those scripts it took me so 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 long I also had a, a, a consultant that I was working with and they let me know like, oh, this is good or like, this is not so great. You should talk to this person, maybe take this out of the interview. And it just, it took me such a long time to do it all by myself. Yeah. And I definitely could not see myself doing a, a weekly episode um, without tearing my hair out. <laughs> Unless it was like a full-time paid gig. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And maybe if I like changed the format, um, I know that... What I did, I interviewed, I think, uh, more than more than 20 people for the for the podcast. And so, like, I would do an hour-long interview. Sometimes it'd be an hour and a half if the person was, like, a real talker. And within that, you know, hour and a half of content, I'd maybe use 10 minutes of it in total. Like, whatever really, like, worked with the story or whatever kind of, like, explained something really well. Um, other stuff I just kind of, like, left out. And I know that sounds like <laughs> I left a lot of the story out, but... No, it, it just sounds really difficult to yeah. me. Like, I like when uh, 
people often apologize. Guests often apologize to me for rambling or <laughs> getting off track. I'm like, no, this is great. I just get to sit here quietly while you generate content for me. Yeah, it's... totally. That's <laughs> that is absolutely not what um, dragged out was like. No, it's... I can't imagine. Well, um, the the fact of it being investigative, I had like I had questions that I wanted answered, and I kind of wanted them answered in like a, a specific way if that makes sense like i want it to i want the story to kind of like flow um and so in order to do that sometimes like you have to it's kind of a trope in podcasting i'm sure that y'all have heard it before but where uh a uh, a guest will say something and then the narrator comes in and is like what the person means is blah 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 like i had to do that a lot yeah it's uh yeah it was very i like dragged out is so full of tropes like so full of gay tropes and so full of podcast tropes it's it's uh it's very entertaining to listen back to it i did that for the first time maybe a week ago and it's just like you know after having having listened to it every single day all the time and then not listening to it and listening to it again it's very very funny very interesting so given all that would you ever do another season Oh, I would. Okay, I would love to do another season of Dragged Out, but I need to find somebody who would be willing to, I guess, support it. I did have sponsors um, for uh, for Dragged Out, but it, that basically just paid for like all of the like advertising and and the consultant and like the the album artwork that we got. It was very it was a very very small sponsorship and. Uh, uh, but yes, I would love to do it again. And if I were to do it again, I'd love to go to another city and just figure out what um, what exactly their drag scene is up to. Um, I just moved from Victoria, but I know that there is a super, super cool house, H-A-U-S, as they call them. It's it's a gay thing. Right. Uh, so many things are gay, gay things in uh, <laughs> in my life and in, in, in drag in general. Um but I digress. Uh, Vancouver, Victoria. Victoria, there's a, a house called House of Occult. And they are currently moving drag out of the only gay club in Victoria out to other parts of Victoria. And it's really, really cool to see how people are embracing it. Uh, it's really cool to see how like spaces are being queered and being made available and accessible to queer people uh, i would love to do a story about that um i don't know much about toronto but I, i've always wanted to move there uh so i'd love to do a story about toronto um i know that like edmonton has a really interesting scene as well and i would love to go there um specifically because edmonton also has a very high concentration of soldiers of odin um and like right-wing I was going to say, I haven't heard of them, but I assume they're white supremacists. Yes. Yeah, they are. And so it's very interesting because there is such a, there's a really, really vibrant drag scene in Edmonton, but at the same time, there's these like super, super hateful people. And not to say that Vancouver doesn't have hateful people as well, but it's just very interesting, especially, you know, coming from Alberta, living in Calgary, I know how indiscreetly and discreetly homophobic it is there. Right. Um, so I would love to, you know, go to the prairies and like look at how the drag scene is doing there. It would definitely be a uh, an interesting perspective coming from 
coming from Vancouver, which is one of the most welcoming places I've ever been mm-hmm. to somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, like, I'm from Calgary. And so I'd also love to go back now being out of the closet and saying I'm queer. I'd love to go back and like see what drag is like there and how things have changed, especially in the time of, you know, when I was living there when I was a kid, I had somebody tell me like, you know, bisexuals are okay because like bisexual women are okay because they still like men, but just lesbians just aren't right, which is such a weird concept to me. But, uh, you know, it's like where people draw their arbitrary lines. Yeah. Homophobia is wild. It's just, it's a, it's wild. (laughs) It just should have died out by now. Mm -hmm. It's just my, my really obvious take on it. (laughs) So in your uh, bio for PodFest, it says you oversaw the production of eight podcast series? Yes, I have done eight or more so far. Let's see if I can name them. Okay, we've got uh, Full Circle, uh, Taking Up Space, Mm, All Access, You in the Ring, uh, which was a university show, You in the Ring, Uh, Play on Words, Mm, I've got... uh, Oh boy, um, this is going into territory where I didn't oversee things now, but I've contributed. Uh, I contributed to Consider the Alternative. I've contributed to this podcast that I had for just a very, very short time called YVR. Uh, I've done Dragged Out, which I did entirely myself. Uh, I also did a podcast called behind the mic that was my first one i was a part of beyond the jargon which is number 10 and that's where we'll stop (laughs) what are some of the standout programs from that list oh boy um okay so it uh, dragged out obviously dragged out yeah um i i did enjoy doing dragged out i think that one of my one of my babies i suppose uh was this project called full circle that was the one at the start of the list um, so when I was working at CFUV, I ended up working my way up to being the, the news director, I suppose, or the executive producer. So I was the, the person that kind of like oversaw all the podcasting and I had little producers at, or normal sized producers underneath me who like would off, go off and do my thing, do their things and come back to me. Um, but I was asked to both executive produce and produce. So like get all the content and, and do uh, this podcast called Full Circle. Full Circle was a series about happenings in Victoria. Um, and so we kind of did it very This American Lifestyle, where we had an episode, had a theme, for example, tourism or the ocean or food. So interesting, right? Uh, <laughs> I swear they were very, they were interesting stories. Oh, probably. Um, indigenous Resistance and Resilience. Um and then we could have would... led, led with that one. Yeah. I sh- oh, man, I should have. Uh, so what we would do is we had that theme, and then we would go and do little segments. So we had a host. Um, the host was named Jordan Barron, um, and he would kind of, like, introduce the segments, and then it would go into the, the smaller story. So, for example, our food episode, we uh, went and uh, saw a um, – oh, my goodness. It was a, a, a garden, like an indigenous garden where uh, – kids got to learn more about like indigenous plants oh it was a a plant nursery like an indigenous plant nursery uh we had in in vancouver uh no not in vancouver in uh in victoria oh right yeah uh then one of our segments was about uh a food critic um she had a a series on uh in a 
she had a column. She had a column about uh, eating uh, really well for cheap in Victoria. And our final story was an investigation into how many pieces of avocado toast would you need to buy in order to be able to afford a home or like, you know, the equivalent of affording a home in Victoria. Oh, that that meme is uh, one of Australia's great shames. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The journalist who, <laughs> right. who wrote that was from, I think, Sydney. Okay. Where Sydney is, I think, the second most expensive city, English-speaking city, okay. to live in, huh. I think. I don't know. It's up there. It's like San Francisco, Sydney. Right. You know, other well, cities. It's New it's York. The expensive ones. Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah Vancouver is cheaper <laughs> than where I'm than oh. sydney and there's a lot more to do here so right right yeah paying paying a premium it's still <laughs> awful uh also said on that uh profile that you've won accolades for your reporting on alternative culture yes so how do you go about finding the stories you report on um honestly keeping an ear to the ground is like a, a big one when it came to cfuv and like working at the uvic radio station there was a group of people who were kind of like our, our podcasting volunteers, people who were interested in doing that sort of thing. And we would have story meetings, which is like a very common thing to do for, you know, any any news broadcaster. Um, so we'd sit down and say, okay, what are what are the stories that we want to cover? What are some interesting things that are happening around the city? Or what are, who are some interesting people that we can talk to? So, for example... Uh, we did an episode for Full Circle about drugs, uh, and one of the things that we did was, like, we followed around a, uh, a drug pickup, uh, like a needle pickup and um, distribution team. Uh, somebody mentioned that we should do that. Somebody raised their hand and said, hey, I know somebody who microdoses acid. Do you want to talk to them? You know, so it's very much like it's a it's a group effort in a way. Yeah. Especially when you have a team that you can work with. Um, but it's also, you know, the way that I found out about the way that I found out about Dragged Out was by, you know, keeping my eyes open and thinking, what's a story? What's a story? And then seeing that in the news and going, well, we need to talk more about this. That's how I find my stories, I suppose. It's just like being alert, staying alert and staying safe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's about, that's it. Thanks so much for taking the time and coming and talking to me today. Yeah, of course. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh boy, uh, not really. If you do want to listen to Dragged Out, yeah, I'll, I'll plug Dragged Out. Uh, if you want to listen to Dragged Out, you can check it out at www.draggedoutpodcast.com. There's also, um, I believe it's anchor.fm slash draggedoutpod, um, or you can listen to it wherever you get podcasts. If you want to know more about me, uh, I have websites called mondayproductions.com. There's a www in front of that. I will put a link down below. Perfect, thank you. In the show notes. Yay. Thanks for listening to Van X Van. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Vandalay and the show at Van X Vancast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandalay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.